fun with science with Travis and Steve. Today we're going to cause a really great reaction, but it's always best that when causing reactions, always have safety preparations, like these goggles, or this lab coat, or especially this fire extinguisher. Today we're going to make something really explosive happen, so let's do it, Steve. Right. Hello, Heritage! We want to say hi to our Bettendorf campus and our Quad City campus, and let us not forget our Vida Nueva campus. For those of you who don't know, Vida Nueva is our Spanish to English service, and it is held right here on this campus, and it is right across the hall. A few years ago, someone asked me why I was always happy. Well, I want you to understand why. If you look up at the screens, that is a reason for my joy. Her name is Faith, and uh, Faith is a pastor, and uh, as I speak, she is always, uh, also speaking to our Spanish congregation right across the hall. Well, I'm so glad and what a privilege it is to be able to speak to you and bring God's message for us today. I believe and I pray that as we walk out of this place today, we will walk out different. We won't be the same, even if it's just a little bit different, that we will walk out differently. So will you go to pray with me? Father God, today as we look into the instructions the Apostle Paul gave the Colossians, would you open our eyes of understanding and our heart to sense your leading as we offer ourselves as students for just a few minutes. Inspire us by your Holy Spirit to leave this place transformed in life by the renewing of our mind. May we not only be hearers of the word, but strengthen us to be doers of your word. In Christ's name, amen. The current series is called Chain Reaction. A chain reaction suggests that there is an action which causes a reaction and causes another reaction, and so on until it stops. Well, this ties in beautifully to our sermon subject today, which is prayer. Now, prayer is and causes a chain reaction. And my question for us is, are you at the front end of the chain reaction, or are you, or are you at the very end, at that last link? And... There's no more. Well, I believe that prayers, once they get started, they will always have a reaction. They have the power to keep going unless someone involved steps out and says, I will no longer pray. Watch the screens, would you please?
That, my friends, is what prayer does until someone steps out of the way. Paul understood the power of prayer. So he pleads with the church in Colossae in chapter 4 to the letter to the Colossians in verse 2, where he says, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Because of the power of prayer, Paul urges the Colossians to devote themselves to prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer, he would say to us. The word in Greek of devote is proskartereo. Proskartereo means, or one of its meanings is found in Matthew chapter 3, verse 9, where Jesus is telling the disciples, listen, I'm preaching, and these people, there are many, many people, and so they're going to be pressing on me. Would you please have the boat proskartereo, which meant to have it ready. In the same way, Paul from the jail in Rome now pleads with the Colossians to get themselves ready to pray. Proskartereo. Always be ready to pray. When we get into a squeeze situation, when we get into a tight bind, we must learn to go to prayer. Be ready to pray. Now, when you get into a bind, do you go for your own solutions? Do you try to figure things out all by yourself? Do you think, I'm really smart, so I'm going to go to my box of solutions, and I'm going to do it my way? God wants you to go to Him. Paul understood the power of prayer, and he tells us that we need to rely on Jesus, not on our own efforts. Listen to what happens when we ourselves try to do it our way, or we try to, try to have our own solutions. The Apostle James, uh, uh, Jesus' brother, writes this in chapter 2, verse 2. He says, you desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. You do not ask who? God. Do you always ask God in prayer? Now, I think this is going to be safe because we're far from April 15th, but how many of you thought you would do it your way and you cheated on your income tax return? Oh, it's just a little, a little lie. It's just a little white lie. Besides, the government doesn't need the money. I need those 300 bucks, so I'll just lie a little bit. Instead of doing that, we must go to God. Why? Because James tells us that if we do it on our own, we can get up to the point of killing, or at least fighting and quarreling. Prayer should be our default program. That's where we always need to be going. We should be ready to fulfill God's purpose through prayer. Most of us see prayer as purpose of just getting what God has to give us. And so our prayers are always, Lord, give me this. Lord, give me that. Lord, Lord, hurry up. And it's always a me. It's always focused on what I can get out of God. And so we have this Santa Claus God perception. But through prayer, we are able to trust 
God with our request. We can trust Him with those impossible situations. We should trust God as our source always and not our own strengths. There was an old man who loved to go to God in prayer, and he depended on God. And so one day he ran out of food. He lived by himself, and he ran out of food, didn't have anything to eat. He knelt down in an old chair right next to a window. The window was open, and he started to pray, God, I'm hungry. I need bread for today. You are the one who supplies always for me. So if you could add some more groceries there, I would really appreciate it. Well, right then, when he was praying, there were some little boys playing, and they heard him pray. And so they figured that they would play a trick on him. So they ran to the store. They bought the groceries and some bread. They brought it back, and they put it right at the door. They rang the doorbell, jumped behind the bushes. The old man came out, and he found groceries at the door. He took them, picked them up, took them inside, and right before he started to prepare, he couldn't help but fall back down on his knees at that chair near the window and begin to pray and thank God. God, I thank you for supplying the groceries. At that time, the little boys jumped out of the bushes and came up and up to the window, started laughing and saying, hey, old man, it wasn't God who supplied your need. We went to the grocery store. We heard you praying, so we went and bought all that stuff for you. And, that, and at that the old man said, well, you know, <clears throat> sometimes God even uses the devil to supply my needs. <laughs> so isn't it any wonder that God, I mean, Paul says, devote yourself to prayer. Besides being ready, devote, proskartereo, also means to commit to it. Be committed to prayer. We need to pray at all times. When we get up, we need to pray. Thank God for a brand new day. When we go to eat, we need to pray. Thank God for what we have in front of us. When we go to sleep, we need to pray and thank God for a great day that we had or a lousy day that we had, whatever it is. We need to be thankful. There are many other reasons that we should go to God in prayer, but we should go to Him in prayer. Why? Because Paul understood, and so he pleads with the Colossians to be ready in prayer, to commit themselves to prayer. But Paul understood a few other things. Let me share a few of those things. First of all, Paul understood that prayer releases God's power. There is power in prayer. That first push on the dominoes, and all of a sudden there's a chain reaction that just keeps going and going and going and see what God can do. Prayer is like our tithe. I like to think of it as our tithe. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 and 11, it says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. God is waiting 
on your prayers. His hands are on the floodgates, just waiting for you to ask and to pray. And he's ready to lift up those floodgates and allow that power to flood through you, to fill you, and to help others as well. So why do we wait? We need to go to God in prayer because there is power, God's power that is released. Secondly, I think, I think Paul knew this, and he knew that prayer points God's power to the subject of your prayer. So you see, when, when you pray for Sally, God's not going to move in Susan's life. He's going to move in Sally's life. Because that power is toward the subject of your prayer. Be ready. Be devoted. And be committed. So is your heart ready to pray with a good attitude? Are, are, you, are you saying, man, I hate my neighbor. He's a pain in, in the neck. And so you go to God in prayer. Lord, please move my neighbor away. Get rid of him. Do something. I can't stand him. No, we should instead have a good attitude as we get up in prayer and say, God, how, how can I be used in this situation? What can I do to my neighbor that would bring a solution? Are you ready to be part of the solution or do you pray another way? Lord, there are so many, there are so many kids in Africa all over the world. They don't have anything to eat. Lord, supply. Well, man, you hold on to your pocketbook and you don't let loose. God wants to use you. God wants, wants to use you in prayer. So our prayers need to be, Lord, what can I do? Lord, send me as part of the solution. But I think Paul saw something else. I think Paul saw that prayer changes me and then I change things. When I'm devoted to prayer, it changes me. I, I go to, to my heavenly Father, and I, as I spend time with Him, all of a sudden things start to happen in my heart, in my mind. I start seeing differently. I, 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 get, the, I get promptings of the Lord and whisperings, and He starts showing me part of His heart. So it changes me. Now I get up from prayer and I begin to change things around me. When we pray to God, He changes our values. Our desires begin to change. We're no longer asking just for me, 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 me. But we discover what God wants and what His purposes are. So are you devoted to prayer? Or are you just one of those that, uh, that you want others to be devoted to pray for you? Are you a a person who prays, or are you just a fan of prayer? How many fans are there? Or are we really the ones who are in the game? If you want to be in the game, remember, players, not fans, the players get hurt. They sweat. And the one who prays gets hurt. It's not easy. Why? Because Satan comes and attacks. He doesn't want you to pray. If there's somebody who knows about prayer, it's Satan. And he doesn't want you to pray because he knows that they are powerful. But I must tell you this, that when we pray, there's always victory. 
There's victory. The player gets the championship ring and not the fan. So we must be devoted to prayer. But besides being devoted to prayer, we must also be on watch. Jesus told his disciples to watch and pray. He says at first, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptations. I believe sometimes, sometimes we, we, we do pray, but we're not watching. So before we know it, we begin to flirt with some of the sin areas of our life in the past. And we're not careful. And before we know it, boom, we fall into that temptation. God wants us to be watchful. And Paul tells the Colossians, be, be on the watch. But why don't we pray? We don't pray because we get too busy. You're, you're, you and I are too busy going to work. I, I don't have time. I have to run. I'm on the run. But sometimes we stop praying because God didn't answer it my way. I want a blue, God. Why isn't there blue available? This is important. I said, forget it. I don't even want to pray anymore. For some, something as silly as that, we stop praying. We don't pray because it just doesn't get answered soon enough and fast enough. Listen to what Oswald Chambers says. God answers prayers in the best way. I love it. Don't worry about it. You pray, God will answer. Might not be the way you wanted it, but God will answer. Someone wisely also said, Satan laughs at our busyness. He mocks our wisdom, but trembles when he sees the weakest saint on his knees. So when will we get on our knees? Prayer is God's appointed way of doing God's work. Paul also points out that we must pray with thanksgiving. We should be thankful that we have a God who does listen and who can hear your prayers and mine. We have a God we can lean on for help. God told the Israelites that when they would be in captivity, this is what would happen to them. Let's see it in Deuteronomy 4.28. He says, there you will worship man-made gods of wood and stone which cannot see or hear or eat or smell. I'm so thankful that we have a God that we can go to, and I know because I know that He can hear. So devote yourself to prayer. You have a God, we have a God who's not wood, something that we can't see, but we need to go to Him in prayer. Paul continues to write in Colossians 3, 4, 3 and 4, and now Paul changes it a little bit and says, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Are you ready to proclaim it clearly? Because of the power of prayer, then... Paul instructs the Colossians to pray a prayer of intercession. We need to be praying for others like Paul wanted them to pray for him. Now, Paul could have asked 
a different kind of prayer. He could have prayed, look, uh, you know, guys, please pray that the doors will just open and I can walk out, which he had experienced before. Please, please pray that, that the guards will be struck dead and I can walk out of this place. Didn't ask for that. Paul had something very important in mind, and it was the gospel, to proclaim the mystery of Christ. The man asked for them, not only for him. And so when you bring someone to church, you need to be praying for the preacher. Man, I, I, I pray that that message will be clear. You need to always be praying. We always need to be praying for the one up here, that the message will be clear so that others will understand. Paul was in chains. And in spite of his conditions, he had the gospel in mind. We must proclaim the gospel, which is the good news, no matter what your condition is. Teresa, a friend, was dying of cancer. But she took every opportunity during her last six years to exclaim and to proclaim the gospel. Here's how she did it. Teresa would invite her friends, always people who didn't know Christ. She'd invite them over to her house, and she'd come on over for a meal. She was a great cook, and she always had these parties. So for six years, she'd have parties, and she would invite Pastor Ben, which I thoroughly enjoyed. And so we would eat, great cook, good food, and then the time would come when Teresa would say, okay, everybody, come back in, come to the living room. We would all gather, and then Teresa would say, uh, Pastor Ben has something to tell you. <laughs> Sometimes she would say, my husband Alan has something to tell you. He was always ready as well to explain, to explain the mystery of the gospel of Christ. We also need to be ready to do the same. One day I was at the airport getting ready to leave and I got, a, I got a phone call. It was a woman who had been trying to commit suicide and she said, um, I don't have any reason for living. I want to die. I said, but Teresa, Teresa gave me your phone. And so I went through the plan of salvation with her. I asked her, would you please come on Sunday I'm not going to be there, but somebody will be there to lead you and to commit your life to Christ. She came, a team met her, and she accepted Christ. Today, after four years, after six years, I don't remember now, but today she is a vibrant worshiper, and she is trying to help others today. Beautiful. Paul needed prayer so that the message would be clear to understand. Do you pray for the preacher? Are you ready to always be praying for clarity? God is listening to thousands, possibly millions of prayers at the same time. But I can guarantee you, He's listening to them. And so when you are praying for a friend in Oregon, He's listening to that prayer. And remember, we said that that, that prayer is a chain reaction. So when God hears your prayer, guess who? He goes to work on that friend that you have in Oregon. So he gets to work, and he, so, so he's listening, and all of a sudden somebody over here is praying as well. 
in Oregon. And they're praying for the same person you're praying. And because he's close by, he moves in the heart of that person and moves him toward that person you've been praying for. And things begin to happen. So pray. While you pray, others are praying. And sometimes those two prayers touch each other. And they're like two instruments in an orchestra. And they make great music. So if you intercede in prayer, that is what God can do through you. He can cause a chain reaction. Your prayers cause God to push that dominoes and to cause that whispering of instructions to other Christians all over. And so Paul teaches us to pray with God's will in mind. Whether he was in chains or not, his call was to proclaim the mystery of Christ. And he ends that verse, as I should. Finally, in Colossians chapter 4, verse 5, he says, Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Well, because of the power of prayer, now Paul gives advice that is effective in accomplishing his will. It is very effective, he says. God's ultimate will is that none should perish. If we are going to see people saved, ladies and gentlemen, we need to devote ourselves to prayer. If we are going to plant another campus, we need to devote ourselves to prayer. There is no other way. If you want your friends and family to know Christ, it must be done with prayer. But it isn't just the act of prayer that releases the power. Paul adds another responsibility to our prayers. He says to be wise in your behavior towards others. Be wise in the way you act towards others. What's your behavior like? If you get up from prayer and you have a lousy attitude, your prayers are going to be powerless. If you get up from prayer and spending time with God and you get up and you said, I don't want to change. It's about somebody else needs to change. Then your, prayer, your prayers are going to be powerless. You need to change. Is it any wonder that James, in chapter 5, verse 6, the latter part of it, he says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So you see, it's our responsibility, our behavior. We need to become righteous people. Now, what is righteous? Righteous, all it means is to do the right thing all the time. You want your prayers to be effective and powerful? Be righteous. Then we jump to Colossians 4, verse 6. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Not only our behavior, but now he talks about how we talk, the things that we say. Your conversation should be gracious and seasoned with salt. God will send you opportunities because you have this type of conversation. Learn to recognize them. Be alert to all the opportunities God will send for you to deal with people. Now, I've learned a question, two or three, that I love to ask people when I first meet them. 
One of my favorites is this. Listen, if God were to beam himself down right before your eyes, and he would ask you, son, daughter, what would you have me do for you? What would you ask him for? About eight years ago, a young lady came into Vida Nueva, and I met her after service, and I asked her that question. What would you have God ask? I mean, what would you have God do for you? She said, Pastor Ben, I don't, I don't know what I would ask. Will you give me some time? I said, sure, come next week, and I'll, you can tell me. It's a good way to get him to come back, by the way. And so she came the next week. And she came up to me. She said, I still don't know. I said, okay, well, come next week and we can talk about it. Three weeks went by and she still didn't have the answer until that third week. She came up and she pulled on my shirt as I was talking to someone. And she said, I have the answer. I excused myself and we walked over to the, to the side and I said, tell me, what would you ask God for? Tears began to come down her cheeks. And she said, 15 years old, I would ask him to forgive me of my sins. I led Candy to the Lord that day. I just saw Candy a couple of weeks ago. A vibrant believer. Changed life. That's what being ready, being alert can do for us. Now, what would have happened if I wouldn't have, if I wouldn't have asked her that question? I don't know. Maybe, maybe nothing would have happened and maybe Candy wouldn't, wouldn't be a believer today. I don't know. But we must always be on the alert. Christians, stop. Don't be so busy. Stop and pray. Stop and see. Stop and feel. Stop and ask. There might be an opportunity nearby. Learn to take advantage of any situation to bless others. You might say, well, I'm, I'm really shy. Well, God can take that away or use you anyway. So pray and be ready to be used. Prayer is a powerful because we pray to a supernatural God. We pray to a supernatural God. When we pray with faith as small as a mustard seed, God will move mountains. He's ready to do that. He is mighty. And if you pray with conviction, if you pray with the right attitude in your heart, if you, if you are righteous, then prayer will get a reaction, a chain reaction. Things start to, pr to happen when you pray. Prayer is asking for the supernatural. Things that we cannot do on our own, we ask in prayer. And God just releases that power to get it done. So, does prayer really affect what happens in our lives and in the world? Or is prayer just a kind of a cute thing, a religious thing that we do with God? Just a ritual. We go to Him and pray. No, I believe it does much more than that. It causes a chain reaction. Jesus himself says, you may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. He assures us that our Father in heaven will give good gifts to those who ask him. 
So why do we still wonder? Why do we still doubt? Why do we go to our own toolbox of solutions and try to solve it ourselves? Why do we start? Why do we stop praying? And why don't we start? I think people's natures want to figure out prayer. We want to, well, how, how does it work? We must do it by faith, knowing that God is listening. Some people feel that it, it's silly to talk to God. I can't even see Him. Yeah? Well, you sit at the, in your living room watching football, and you're screaming out to the quarterback, be careful! You understood that he can't hear you? That is like coming to a piece of wood and asking that piece of wood for, for an answered prayer. Yet it's, we think that it's too silly. Church, we need to arise and begin to pray. Forget about the silliness. Forget about who's watching. God is calling us to pray so that our prayers can cause a chain reaction. Are you ready? Are you ready to pray? I want to pray for us, but there are some of you who are thinking, well, I know that it's silly, but I don't want it to be silly anymore. Or I might have an impossible situation. I don't know what to do. Prayer is your answer. Many of you want to figure out prayer first. Don't try to figure it out. I don't know how it works. I can't give you that answer. All I know is that it does work. When God says to anoint people with oil, we need to be using oil. Don't try to figure out, well, what's with the oil? You don't need to figure it out. It's none of your business. <laughs> Just pray. That's what, we, that's what God is calling us to do. Be obedient and pray. Because there's power, and God is waiting to release that power in your life, and somebody down, down the chain is waiting and expecting your prayer. Will you pray with me, please? Father, I believe all people everywhere are looking for someone supernatural, to connect with. Some do it in the wrong way. They make something out of wood and go to them. But you, oh God, you want us to connect with you as much as humans want to connect. I think some of us have a situation that is impossible for us to solve. All around this room, there are those people. I pray, Lord, that we're able to give it to you so that you can work those things out to do the impossible. Some of us want to figure out prayer, how it works and all its structure. Lord, help us to understand that it's nothing for us to begin to solve or to figure out. 
We just must do it. Oh, help us, Lord. Help us not to be embarrassed. Help us not to be shy. Help us, Lord, as we would scream at a football game, even in our living room, that we would cry out to you and scream out to you, oh, God, we need your help. Help us to be that type of prayer warrior, devoted to you, committed to prayer. Lord, we want to be in the game of prayer. We don't only want to be fans. We now want to be players. So would you bless your people? Bless us all. Help us all to become players in prayer. In Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen.